everyone, and Merry Christmas uh, from Divided Films. Uh, my name is JJ, and with me as always is my co-host, Keith. 525,600 hellos! <laughs> All right, getting into it already. Uh, thank you for that, Keith. And, uh, I had to do something unique with this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Um, so uh, joining us again today is our great friend, Andy Martinez. Welcome back, Andy. Do you hear the people say, oh. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Um, Hello, thank you, you for having one me. One shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello. Um, great to have you guys here uh, in this merry season of Christmas. So we're chugging along uh, during this holiday season, and today we're discussing the film adaptation of Rent, directed by Chris Columbus. This movie falls into the category of having a negative score with critics, only 46% approval, and a positive score from audiences, 83% approval. So quite a difference there. And the critics' consensus for Rent. Fans of the stage musical may forgive Rent its flaws, but weak direction, inescapable staginess, and an irritating faux-boho pretension prevent the film from connecting on hmm. screen. Kind of harsh. Uh, I'll say this too. I, maybe a point of contention for me is weak direction. I think that kind of resonates with my opinion. Uh, just given, I mean, the director of this film is Chris Columbus, who I feel is known mostly for very safe family films. Yes, his so his was, magnum opus, Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. I mean, that's my favorite of his work. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of an odd choice for what this play's subject matter is. You know, I mean, this is. Um, I would say a play that would have, an adaptation, I should say, that would have benefited from a more edgy director, someone who would have maybe been a little more, not not so conventional, is what I'm saying. Yes. And this is a very conventionally filmed movie, and that kind of is, there's a disconnect there with how it's filmed and what the subject matter is. So I thought that was kind of a shame. It's like the safe way to adapt uh, a musical. That is... But uh, what about you guys? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, that is such a succinct way to put my opinion like in in the most complete way i i could not agree more i think that <clears throat> as you were saying the the edginess is missing and it's it's not something that benefits from having that taken away and i i'll start off right off the bat and just put this out there i don't really like rent i've never really liked rent but that being said I actually had a great conversation today with a coworker of mine where he put something very plainly, but the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. He said, it doesn't matter if the show is bad. If you're a good enough director and you have talented people, you can put on a good show, an entertaining show. And I think with theater, that is to some degree true. And the more I thought about that idea, especially when you consider translating one medium for another especially to film your possibilities for going as far as you want to go especially with the budget that hollywood has is endless compared to theater there's just so much more you can do and i think that's what's so frustrating about movie musicals is that they have this endless budget they have this endless amount of technological advantages at their disposal and they they can't seem, at least in my view, I know there have been some well-lauded um, 
movie musicals like Chicago and won a ton of Oscars. Well, got West Side Story is one of the most iconic movies of all time. Exactly. And I think that it depends on material to material. But for some reason, over the past like 20 years or so, in my view, there's not been a adaptation of a musical into a film where I came out of that saying, wow, that was a different way to view this work. It, what about what? What do you think of? I, I would I would submit maybe Sweeney Todd is a good film adaptation of that music. It doesn't, in my view, I do like that movie, but for me, that is not a good adaptation of that musical. It's a good film. Oh. They take oh, out okay. plenty of what is in the musical itself, so that they can make a more entertaining film. But there's pl- like in terms of the musical aspects of it, it's actually my least favorite part of that adaptation every time someone opens their mouth to sing it'll be like such a long space in between songs that i almost forget that the movie has music and i go oh no that's right and i remember that johnny depp is a terrible singer and it's just it completely deflates that movie for me and i like that movie but those musical elements i try to like take out of it so interesting so maybe we should then measure this adaptation of rent as both is it a good adaptation a and is it a good film in general b yeah and um, yeah, we'll go from there. Cause you're right. I mean, you could you can have one and not the other, but ideally you have both, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I would have to say, you know, you mentioned you don't like Rent, and when you say that, Keith, maybe you can add like uh, a sound effect of people going like shocked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there are plenty of rent. people that don't like Rent. Uh, there they're are out there. Of people. Well, they're out this. there. People who like Rent love Rent, and I feel like Rent is like. A kind of like a theater kids musical in a way. There are people who nerds with <laughs> theater that I would say like there's a love for rent amongst like the theater community of maybe like you know, our generation, you know, that's just something that resonated with not everybody that we were theater kids with, but a lot of people I would say I don't know how this could resonate with anyone in our age group who did not grow up <laughs> between like nineteen eighty two to like <laughs> I would say certain themes of like, I don't know, being like an outcast and the struggle, things like that. And also just having visibility for like, you know, um, you know, gay characters, um, you know, like those kind of things like LGBT characters. I think that alone, the visibility is enough for maybe young kids who grew up without a lot of that representation in general. So sure. I would yeah. I would say that that's like the perspective there. I'm not crazy about Rent myself. I like it fine. Yeah. If anything, each time I've heard the music, it's grown on me a bit. But I agree. I'm not like a huge fan. Uh, but I will say this. After watching the movie recently, I actually watched on YouTube a recording of the original production towards the end of the run. Just to give me a different perspective because I'd never seen a, st- uh, a stage version of it. And it definitely um, kind of validated what I thought about the movie. But uh, Keith, what about you? I mean, you're also a theater kid like the rest of us. So what, what was your take on Rent or your experience with it? I mean, compared to other theater kids, I'm like theater, theater kid light. Uh, when like Rent, when I really kind of discovered Rent, uh, I kind of was a contrarian about it just because all the other theater kids were so gung-ho. And I liked the music. I the, That was like one thing I'm like, yeah, okay, I the music has really stuck with me at least a good amount of it has and i as i you know high school and then college where i ran into a bunch of other theater kids you guys included i it's a good show to like make fun of the ideas of it like for me just pay your rent i didn't see i didn't think benny 
was especially watching this movie. I think I saw this movie first. I, I'd never seen it on stage, but I this was the movie was the first introduction to it. And Benny to me wasn't that bad of an antagonist or that bad of a guy. He was. We can give it. We can go into like the plot holes of. Uh, I do think Andy, there is a disconnect between uh, going from a play to a movie because that's when the plot holes really get seen in a lot of really good uh, musicals. But I, I kind of. It, maybe not so watching this movie. I still think this movie... So I don't think Chris Columbus was the right choice. I think it's a very basic, bland... Uh, and watching the movie Tick, Tick, Boom, not in preparation for this. I really just kind of watched it. I kind of... And that's a, actually a really well-done musical. I, th- I it, it, just, it deserves all its praise. I may like, appreciate Rent the musical, but... We have to kind of separate the musical and the movie here, and the movie itself was. Uh, see that I, that to me though is the essence of what this is. Everyone comes into it with even if they haven't seen the musical, they have a preconceived notion that it was on stage, and that is something that you cannot escape. I think with your audience as a director, when you're translating something that comes from a different medium, you have to consider the fact that <clears throat> your audience is coming into that expecting that. And if, especially if it's something like Rent that was hugely popular when it was on stage, very successful, ran, I think it held 12 years. It held the title for longest running show for a while. It's up there. It was, it was up there. I think from what I read, it ran uh, on a main stage Broadway show. It ran from 96 to 2008. I think it was actually originally an off Broadway show, but because of how popular it was to meet demand, they moved it to a main stage. Right. Broadway show, Broadway theater, and it, it ran there for, for about 12 years. So yeah, definitely long running. Yeah. But interestingly enough, the movie was a box office loss, right? Yeah. And so I think a, another big mistake too, and this goes into like, you know, Chris Columbus as the director, it's kind of like a conventional Hollywood film. I think they try to make this like a broadly appealing movie where as maybe if this was like an independent film, uh, a lower budget adaptation that actually just try to like to um, market towards like the, the more like niche audience. I don't think this works as a broad, you know, general audience kind of film. I think this may be like focus on your audience who you really like. And I, I maybe, you know, you want to branch this out to, to new people who aren't as familiar, but for the most part, it's very, it still feels like you're watching a play for a lot of this movie and not everyone is into that. So I think that was a mistake. Do, do you think that maybe casting had something to do with it too? Because there's this whole thing now with movie musicals where it's, it's like they cannot cast a single popular musical movie without like some huge star, even if they can't sing. And I think because this version went yeah. with casting six of the original Broadway actors into the main yeah. roles – I wonder if that had something to do with it too. That no, no one was like, "Oh wow, here's this famous movie star now going to sing in a movie." That's kind of interesting, you know. I feel like because after that point, every other movie did that. Sweeney Todd, Les Mis had Hugh Jackman. I mean, they got lucky with that because he actually can sing. Um, Into right. the Woods. No, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you have um, another thing too. I was thinking about as well is that this this is a movie that's made and released when the show is still running in its original run. And some of the other shows that maybe, or some of the other film adaptations of musicals we like are kind of after the fact and you give it maybe some time. 
So I, I don't know. That's that's tough. I like the idea of seeing the original uh, Broadway cast performing, but at the same token, yeah, that's not going to bring in you know the the masses if you want to make this more widely appealing. To have Rosario Dawson, who I think is the only person that was not in the original Broadway production at one point or another. Yeah, I, re- I read online though that she was only cast because they tried to get the original Mimi from Broadway, and she was pregnant at the time and couldn't perform. So they that was when they were left with Rosario Dawson, which I am still I couldn't find anything online, but I'm wondering if she did her actual singing in this movie because like I've never heard of her being described as like a singer or like being on stage at any point. Like I feel like she's just been a film actress. The only movie I can think of where she does any singing is Josie and the Pussycats, <laughs> which I like. It's a very dumb movie. I think she sings in that. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I agree. Not someone who's known for being a singer. I, I don't know. I, I, it didn't, the voice didn't seem like it was coming from someone else, but who knows. I, I bet this movie also didn't have a good word of mouth. I bet people like, oh, what do you think? Eh, eh, like, wait until the DVD. Wait until HBO. Like, you don't need to go out and pay this. I, I have no problem. I mean, granted, the example that I, was, I just thought that could work is in the Heights, but even though that was on HBO Max, that, that also COVID. is consi- that's also considered a box office failure. And that kind of doesn't have that famous like Anthony Ramos to me is only from Hamilton. You're only getting the Hamilton people. Uh but at least critically, I think In the Heights is a good adaptation. It, it, no, it, I In the Heights is excellent. It just didn't do it is considered a box office failure. Unfortunately. Well, I think too. I mean, there's also like the whole streaming thing going on now that's way different from like you know yeah, there's there's different bar. there's that whole issue between you know this like warring ideological kind of battle happening between like people that are like well having streaming have everything immediately available is nice but then people you know especially filmmakers and artists are like well our movies are meant to be seen on the big screen <laughs> like why yeah exactly yeah. So but I feel my like cynical I, theory had something to do with it. No, no, keep no, you're good. My cynical theory is that uh what? Uh this is 2005, 2004, let's say uh I think uh Christopher Columbus needed a job and this has been on the shelf for a few years. We needed like you know, where are musicals going? Okay, we got rent. I can't I think there was maybe a musical before. Let's bring this out, Christopher Columbus. It's kind of the same way Guy Ritchie got Aladdin, and you because you can see no passion, no like Christopher Columbus has directed good shit. He's very good at whimsy, like he's like he is very good at whimsy. Yeah, he, but he was. What's his connection to this? Show? No, no, Harry there's nothing. Potter is his connection to Red. There's okay? nothing whimsical. Uh, there's, <laughs> I mean, there is nothing whimsical, and this is probably the fault of the studio as well. This is just a very cynical. Like, there's no passion. In the in this filmmaking, it's very basic. It's just very point. Put the camera. Uh, there should have been fant. I mean, there there were some fantastical sequences, and the only reason that the seasons of love works as like standout is is because they're all just standing on a stage. It sets the tone for the entire movie. Uh, but that yeah, that works because it's Most- kind of basic. Cause, yeah, because a lot of all the most of the sequences, I would say, like most of the songs, aren't doing anything to elevate it for film. No. Right? They're not doing anything that you couldn't do on a stage, except just have like just a full actual location of an apartment or wherever else you are. I think the only the only sequence that I thought was like an interesting 
um, okay, like you're doing something you couldn't do on stage was um, the without you sequence when you see like you know people in support group fade one by one and you see like uh, a more dramatic deterioration of the angel character as she succumbs to AIDS and I thought okay like that's something you can't maybe as portray it effectively as on stage uh, so yeah I thought that was a sequence that worked but all the other sequences again they're just kind of either walking around you know the characters yeah. are just like in the space and there's no there's no interesting camera movement there's no real interesting things that they're doing that um if anything it works better on stage because this this the, the show around i get a sense that it's kind of almost like a concert feel you know it's a rock genre musical and a lot of times when you watch the stage version or recording the stage version they're like there's a lot of engagement with the audience as if you're at a concert you know it kind yeah. of reminds me of hair in a way where you know the characters are just kind of like singing about their lives and yeah you know, they kind of interact with the audience a little bit there, there's an intimacy there that a film could never really um, capture, at least you know, at least not the way Chris Columbus is doing it. This movie would have done very it, like if someone thought at the studio to do what Hamilton did, because I don't think Hamilton would would be a. I could be wrong. I'm willing to eat crow on it when it ever if it ever gets made, but I don't think Hamilton could be a good movie. But it was a good what Disney what they did. That was my introduction to Hamilton. I'm five years late on it, I know. But I really enjoyed, like, you know, they shot it for three days. They did a live showing, and then it came out. If I think Rent would be a would a better would have been a better fit for that. But that that was like what? That's you know, twelve years too late for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what interest there is now. Maybe if the show is revived on Broadway eventually and has there's renewed interest, but I think people for the most part have moved on from that show and like i said the only if, if you maybe waited to do a film adaptation until like maybe now until maybe over 10 years after the original broadway run had ended then that's a chance to revive interest but they kind of jumped the gun on that i would say it was, it's kind of like a cash grab it's like oh this is a popular show that's running now so let's just make a musical out of that now it's same thing with like dear evan hansen it's like what's what's the most popular musical right now well let's do it let's let's get it in the theater it's like no like, let's put this 40 year old in high school <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's you know it's it's um there's it, it, it obviously you see the dollar sign potential but there's no real creative need to do that how do you write a song when the chords sound wrong though they once sounded right and rare when the notes are sour where is the power you once had to ignite the air we're hungry and frozen life we chose it How do you feel about like uh, like old school plays? And I'm like, because I've been watching some old school plays during this whole like past year of like like West Side Story, uh, Sound of Music. Let's even go with the Rodgers and Hammerstein of like, I mean, you were in Oklahoma, but the like is does that translate well to to you? I think um, in terms of the musicality, yes, I, I think. Uh, the way that those shows are written with their musical style is definitely something that I kind of prefer in a musical. I mean, today it's it's kind of hard to find something that is so classically arranged orchestrally and vocally. Um, so you kind of have to take your pick of the litter at what stuff is more influenced by that while still being something new. 
Um, but that's gener- that's generally what I gravitate towards musically. I think in terms of their stories, though, they're you know kind of well. I mean, be- besides being just dated, they also are um, kind of just very emblematic of that entire era, yeah. both in theater and film, where everything had to be like this big, huge, grand production where everything is just over the top and overblown and very cheesy. And that stuff's great and it's very entertaining. Um, But I also think that back then it was easier once they started making films of those musicals to translate that into screen because at that time, movie musicals and stage musicals kind of went hand in hand. They were both trying to achieve the same thing and thus they translated a little bit better. Like the film versions of Oklahoma and Carousel are pretty excellent, but they're also, you know, you expect that from that time. Now it's like the way that we've advanced theatrically with stuff on stage, being able to adapt it into a film is asking to take away some of what makes the show so important to be viewed on stage because now the way we write shows and the way the music coordinates with everything, we're able to produce these like, you know, incredible productions with like, you know, all these different technological advancements with lights. Now we have rear screen projection. Part of the whole gimmick of going to theater now is to experience what kind of magic they're able to produce. And I think putting it to film is a reductionist kind of view because you're you're like you were saying JJ where everything is supposed to be kind of connecting to the audience in some way shape or form whether it's like a fourth wall break I, I think now more than ever theater is more concerned with getting the audience as engaged with the work as they possibly can with that, with little detachment and I'm talking probably strictly in the sense of musicals because with plays obviously you know there's um, a lot more experimentation going on there these days but with musicals to say that you're going to make a film adaptation of something like Dear Evan Hansen I mean you're you're mitigating so much of what made that thing special in the first place by just taking it out of its home and putting it that's, that's a good why way it, to put it's it. like and and I, and I would even I would date this kind of argument back to the time when rent was coming about because you had great impressive productions going on at that time, especially when you think about like Les Mis and these revivals of uh, Showboat and Carousel. There was so much magic already being produced at that level. And for something like Rent, I mean, I've never seen the original Broadway production. I've never really seen pictures of it, but I can imagine that part of the allure of that show must have been just the set for the apartment and just how... Yeah, well... yeah. I'll I'll show you because it, it has a very I'll show you but I'll I'll tell you it has a very um underground feel to it a lot of like repurposed materials on the set you know there's like different levels it feels like you're born in an alleyway right and then you just the backdrop is kind of like that and then obviously you have you know like you're you're you imagine where they are for most of the show right um so there there's yeah there, there's an imagination that's required from the audience that obviously you're kind of spoon fed. From a filmmaking point of view and um you know this the whole feel of the show feels kind of like underground alternative where you know the movie i think maybe could have benefited from maybe like maybe more like handheld camera work as opposed to like steady cam work something to make it feel a little more um well like a little, a little 
It's it feels too produced. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this in terms of how it looks. The film needed to either be extravagantly vibrant and perhaps produced a wide array of, you know, color grading that was perhaps a little more, you know, like kind of like Moulin Rouge, or it needed to be grimier and grittier and more akin yeah, I to, think the grit. to the natural. I think I missing that. Yeah, and more akin to the the natural element of the setting of the show. This movie does neither. <laughs> it's like right in the middle. Everything is evenly shot with all of this like washed out. Um, natural lighting. It just it looks like boring. It just looks like they stepped you know out into the street. Yeah. I feel like the pacing is a little off too because a lot of scenes end with like a fade to black <laughs> and then the next scene. Whereas in the show, it goes from one song to the next. It's almost it almost feels like an operetta at times because uh, you're just going you know and obviously too because it's all just one space and you imagine where they are things can flow more freely and you can like maintain that kinetic energy uh, of the show. Yeah, and it here, just. It just it's consistently like stop and go, right? It's another yeah. example how it's just not uh, it's not translating as well. So maybe if you maybe did something where like it looks like one shot through many different locations or something like that, that that could have been a little more interesting. But um, yeah, there, but yeah, I'm just direly missing that. You, the, the most important element I think when capturing a stage production into a film is you have to give the music a new home. You have to make it fit into that new kind of format that you're giving it and there are that's why back in the day in the golden age of hollywood and in theater that translated so well because both film and theater were equally theatrical yeah they had yeah i was gonna say those old those old movie musicals from like the 60s 50s 60s they had like a style to them right you had these like wide shots of big choreography and and ensembles you right it kind of you know, you you all, you kind of felt you're on the set yourself when you're watching some of those movies. And here, they try to make them feel more like realistic in a way. Like you're actually in that real location, but we're singing. So, like, what is it? Are we in this elevated area, or are we to imagine like, no, we're in a grounded New York City, but they also just happen yeah. to be singing? Yeah, you, you have to give the rush to your audience when watching a movie the same rush that they experience once they hear live music in a in a theatrical setting because. If, if not, then you're just boring them to shit. And it's like, it, it's it's literally so painful watching some of these, especially for stuff that you love. Like, I remember um, the first time I saw Les Mis in theaters. I, I love Les Mis. And I'm not saying it's perfect, but, I mean, you could do a little bit better than what they put out. I'm not saying it's terrible. It's just like, Les Mis is already so long. That if any part of it is lacking, that's a, that's an issue. Yeah. Because then it makes it feel four hours longer. So and then it starts to, like this. Yeah, and then you just get tired of it real quick and you have to bail. But um, I mean, Rent is kind of long too, right? I mean, Rent is over two hours. I mean, most most musicals, I would say, go over two hours, even when you take out the intermission, right? So, um, and that and having watched the the uh, recording of the stage version. They did cut some stuff out. There's some songs in the stage version they cut out, and it was still over a two-hour movie. So I, I think that's hard for a lot of people to sit through, especially when it's lacking energy. Yeah, that's a problem. That's when you – if you're going to make a movie like that, you need to make it a lot shorter so you can at least spare everyone else the embarrassment of sitting to the end because it's just bad. To add to the uh, like the modern theatrics um, with the – I would say uh, – you know, we had the 50s and 60s. We had those great musical movies. 
And then they, I'm not saying they weren't around during the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but it kind of came back with Chicago and Moulin Rouge. And even those uh, with, with Chicago, you have the plot, and then every time there's a song, they're on stage, and it looks like you're watching a play. Uh, Moulin, uh, Moulin Rouge is more, you're at a circus, it's so colorful, it's so, I think, uh, however you feel about Baz Luhrmann, Bars Lerman, he is built for that kind of uh, production. And then I would say after that, you know, these made those those two movies made a lot of money. So they're what do we have? What do we have in the back lot? They have Rent. They have Sweeney Todd. They have Rock of Ages. They have Lay Mit. Like, you know, it's kind of it kind of continued. And and. You know, did you could make a movie version of Rock of Ages. They did. They did. They did. I forgot. I saw and the they stage shouldn't. version. They shouldn't have, but they did. I saw the stage version on a New World stage. I think Rock of Ages has to be the only show I've ever seen where I thought that was objectively bad. <laughs> like, there's really? Even, I can't even see someone saying like, "Yeah, that was good." Like, no, like that, like all that. It's like at a basement level. Yeah. Compared to like Indian really, wow. So about folk, is- I mean. Ugh, that I, is like I, the... I could not believe that's the first time I was sitting <laughs> watching any stage of anything going like I'm genuinely unimpressed by what boom, I'm boom! but, <laughs> but, but yeah no it, it's been a while since I watched Sweeney Todd and I if I you know I could uh, oh, I love that see and Andy your, I could see your sentiments and you know at least Tim Burton had a vision at least he at, and, and this was at the height of Johnny Depp's like this was think, peak, I, this was I the think, height of him this was, I was nothing watching... <laughs> I was watching the um, like making up because I, I rewatched Sweeney Todd around Halloween, and I, I think even though, even though musically maybe it's not as executed well, there's like a spirit to it. Like they think they get the essence of the show. Oh, so like yeah. even having fun with some, um, you know, like like some innovation with how they make the chair that goes back, and 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 you know the 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 blood squirting and everything like that with the makeup and the prosthetics and everything like that I think they're having fun from a production level that probably the stage version had back in the seventies you know what I mean like you have you have to if you if you kind of connect with a show behind the scenes and you kind of like um, tune in to what they were trying to do in terms of like yeah like behind the curtain if you do that behind the camera that could help you translate to what you actually see as the final product when uh, uh... A musical is bad, or you're even met on it. You start to see, you start noticing other stuff, and at least with Les Mis, I love Les Mis too. It's kind of there's some plot. Granted, I'm not thinking about the plot when I'm watching it. I'm watch. I'm you know I'm amazed by the music. Same thing with, but uh, you know I remember watching this movie. I'm just going like, oh man, like. And I'm sure Benny is a better character in the musical, but he right. is in the musical, dog I was shit watching in this. Benny, they make him more cocky and pompous, right? Like he's kind of dressed like sort of, um, you know, like I guess like what a yuppie would have looked like in the mid '90s or something. But he's like he has this like very like this arrogance about him that does not translate in the movie. In the movie, he's just like a guy who's like, come on, just pay the rent. Yeah, no, he's like, I'm giving you. I felt really bad. I'm like, he's you don't like, see it. He's giving Mark. Uh, and I, this is what I would always complain about. Like he's giving everyone what they wanted and they're, you know, Mark is okay. Uh, I think Mark yeah, is okay filming homeless people and they don't want to be filmed. And I, Oh, that's another thing. You I, I just had people. problems with that. At least like it could translate 
better on stage, but I was just like, it just made me not like these people. Well, yeah, because you mentioned the homeless people. So there's uh, a you, know, you have your ensemble in in Rent, and a lot of them play like the same like homeless characters yeah. throughout the show, or the same support group characters. So you kind of get a better established sense of what this neighborhood is in the stage version, right? And uh, yeah, they even have songs themselves, like in between scenes, and it kind of adds this sort of operetta feel. Because uh, I guess this was, from what I read, based on like I don't know some Italian opera, like La Bohème or something like that. It is, yeah. Uh, and so, in in the in the in the movie, even though you're literally like on location in like East Village, Lower East Side area, you, you don't really get a sense that they're establishing that world very well. Uh, even though you're actually there, which is kind of crazy. Like if you maybe did the same thing, you have the same recurring extras or tertiary characters. You could have maybe built that that sense of a neighborhood better. I don't yeah. like a lot of this movie seems to be like oh the neighborhood. You know you have your tent city. You know we're all we're not going to pay rent in this whole neighborhood. You don't really um, feel that connection with with that world. It's supposed to be in the in the musical. It's probably supposed to be a much more formalized and heightened sense of reality that is made, you know, kind of very vibrant and and characteristic on the stage and in this movie it looks like they're just walking out into like yeah west fourth street and just like filming for a couple seconds and people are walking by like what is going on (laughs) no but if there was that fantastical element to it you can't you're you could forgive a lot of this Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you could if there was some sort of um more affection for that world of you know like late 80s the the world like the art movement of that time when New York was still like really grimy, right? It had had not yet gotten out of that like dark period where it was just, just like a really dangerous place to be at whatever time. Uh, it, this felt like the clean 2000s version yeah. of the city that had become at the time. Uh, you know, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I feel like uh, I get the connection too, more so with people at the time. You know, this play comes out in 1996, just seven years after it takes place and people probably still it's fresh in their minds, this whole AIDS epidemic. And so like, I can understand the need to want to tell these stories, right? Like the story of like, um, you know, these characters who are dealing with HIV and AIDS and everything. Like I find that very compelling on paper. So like watching the show, I feel like you have to like try to tap into that a little bit. And the movie's not asking you to do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's, it's very detached from the source material. Um, and again, I'm not a huge fan of the show. That's just me. But I don't, you know, disregard the fact that it is incredibly successful. Yeah. And like you said, it probably had a lot to do with the time it came out. Like that was just a, a period of history that was very, very sad that people still had fresh in their minds. Probably they lost, maybe lost someone during that period. Yeah. Uh, especially if you lived in New York. I mean, I um I did a show with someone who was living in New York around that time, and she said that, you know, just she lost like a ton of friends because, you know, she worked in wow. theater, you know, a lot of artists. It, it was very, very sad. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's that the movie is not it, affection is such a good word to sit to speak about what's missing here, because especially with theater, it, it's it's such a passionate art form. And again, if you're going to give it. If you're going to give that music a new home, then you better do it service and you better make it comfortable 
so that it can really soar because it's like and again you could you could do a great show if you put your mind to it there's a way to do it even if it's not a great show or a show you don't you don't even like there's a way to make it interesting because the stage has that communal aspect to it where you can ask a lot out of your audience in the moment and because there's so many people around them there's like that added kind of pressure to like engage with whatever's going on so you can always influence your audience correctly but when you make it into a film because it's not happening in front of that audience you need to make up for that fact and it's a monumental task and if you don't have affection or even passion for the work then it just falls so flat and this movie is so flat that's the problem it's just it's such a drag I know it's too bad. I mean, there are ways for films to like engage with viewers and and to establish intimacy, right? Um, and yeah, it's it's there's there's ways to do it. And any material can be done well, right? You, I don't want to put any limits and say, you know, maybe nothing should be made into a film. Like, you know, maybe I, there was a time watching this and then watching the stage version, I'm thinking like maybe they shouldn't have made a film version of Rent. But at the same time, like it is possible to make a good oh, film it's possible. Of Rent. It's it, like three movies that that are just out recently that uh, you, uh well uh Steven Spielberg's West Side Story I watched an interview with him and damn it he like he wanted to make this movie for so long he grew up on it in the 60s and I'm I haven't seen the movie yet but it's getting I read a review saying it's top tier Spielberg. And from what I can judge from the trailer, it's made with a lot of passion. It's a Spielberg movie, but it seems like it's breathing new life into this uh, West Side story. I mean, I mean, it, be- it better be because he made P- Ready Player One. So he's got a lot to make up for. <laughs> I mean, the guy's been working for five decades. But yeah, no, I, it, I if you like style and passion and then you can go over to something like In the Heights that add this like. You know, if In the Heights was made the same way Rent was, it would just be this boring, like, In the Heights had this fantastical element. Like, you know, when they go to the, the pool, there's this nice choreography. There's colors. Uh, you know, they're dancing on the, the side Heights of the wall. Was, yeah, I thought In the Heights was tapping into the old tradition of, of uh, musical filmmaking where you have these, like, large spanning shots and in the big um choreography you know in the pool or whatnot or there's also like a sense of like magical realism yeah right and with these like thank god it wasn't filmed this way that's why i loved la la land because la la land kind of recalls a lot of that golden era as well there's like such a a sweeping kind of atmospheric edge to that movie that is just so enchanting and i think it obviously it's doing its own thing i wouldn't necessarily call that movie a traditional movie musical um, because it, there's like what like a long stretch of maybe 40 minutes where there are no songs in that movie so it's it's trying to do something else but it definitely like it has that kind of uh, magic to it and I really want to see the in the heights in the heights in the heights musical in the heights um, because the the, sta- the talk about a like you were saying before, like talk about a show with like kind of that heightened realism, like the world in that show is so vibrant and so alive. And so they're like, you know, that the, not even the characters that just themselves, the set itself is kind of a character in that way. So i like, hopefully it does that right. I didn't get to see it, but if but you guys yeah, know, but even like it, then... uh, John Chu who directed it, he adds this, like 
I'm sure there's a passion there. Uh, like, uh, I, I don't doubt that. But even like with the directing style, like the editing, the editor for that, the editor deserves some like recognition just on how they, the quick shots, the close-ups on the cup of coffee. Like it, it was amazing. And I think he's going to do a fine job with Wicked. I think when I, when I heard that he was announced to be the director for Wicked, I'm like, Perfect. And I think the cast is also, so I, they only did uh, Glinda and El- Elphaba, but so far, I think it's in good hands with him. Okay. I mean, that one makes sense, I think, to put into into a film. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to like, maybe bring some new things to the table, right? I mean, I'm starting to think too, like with this film, right? What if you added like some something visual to capture like the music of the film because like it's such it you know music is such a huge part not like because it's a musical because the characters are musicians or they're like they're artists basically so like what if you had like i don't know some sort of like visual representation of the energy and the music that the characters put out and it's reflective of the roller coasters that they go on throughout the movie like something like that uh just to like something unexpected right like in la la land i feel like there are times where like there's like unexpected camera movements um or like transitions uh, that follow the pattern of the music the music dictates what the rest of the film is doing so you have to also like kind of take people by surprise you know i want someone to do something that i would not have thought to do ginsburg dylan cunningham and cage lenny bruce langston hughes Sisters? We're close. Well, you know, with the actors to this cast, like, I feel bad because obviously, uh, you, know, you might say on paper, like, oh, you maybe get, maybe if you had more stars in there, it would have been maybe a little more appealing. But I like that these actors are getting some exposure in a, in a major film because I, I, I think the actors are doing a good job for the most part. I think, the, you know, the director kind of lets them down. But, yeah, I think um, – and I recognize some of these actors from some other things. Yeah, right? no, like I, who, I don't think right? necessarily for me I needed to have like a – to be a star vehicle. Um, I'm just saying like in terms of why it was probably a box office kind of disappointment might have been due to that. Um, yeah, I but agree. I, it's like, I, I prefer, people are. yeah, I mean, I, I personally prefer if you're going to put anyone in a, in a movie musical, put people that can sing and your best bet is to get the people that were in the original Broadway cast. I mean, that for me is a no brainer. Um, that's, yeah, I like that they respected the cast enough to, to get as many of them in there as, as they could. And, you know, like, uh, what, like, what is it? Uh, some of these actors, you know, I saw, like, again, I've seen them in a, a few other things. Like, um, yeah, I know Keith, you're a fan of the flash, the TV show, or at least you watched it at the time. Cause that's, I was, that, that was, you were up to, up to a point. <laughs> that's bizarre, but that's the guy, that, right? Like, that's that actor. Who plays yeah, that Collins. is. <laughs> it's funny that I recognize that actor too. Cause he played, he was, he, I think he had a start in law and order in the nineties, like the original law and order. Yeah. And he, then he goes on to do this in the stage version. And then he goes on to play another cop in something else. Like he's like a straight laced cop. And then he's like this, um, I don't know, like gay vagabond, like computer teacher yeah. rebel. And then he goes back to being a straight laced cop again. Well, I mean, I guess they did have Tay Diggs come back for this and Tay Diggs 
definitely got the biggest out of everyone in that original Broadway cast. So having him, I guess, you could argue, and Rosario Dawson, who, if we're talking 2005... I would argue she was, Adina Menzel. Nah, Adina uh, back then was still just Broadway. Oh, back then. I mean, like, I would say she's probably the biggest now. Right? Not in movies, really, I wouldn't say. Because she's only I've only really seen her in... Besides Frozen, I only saw her in Uncut Gems, and she played like a. a I would say Frozen is like a big. <laughs> chunk yeah, but of it's like sure, that. sure, but it's not her. Like it's it's her voice, and and like people, I don't think know. I I would say like maybe half of the audience of Frozen probably doesn't know what Adina Menzel looks like. They just know oh, yeah, her as El- I mean Elsa. John John Travolta didn't even know how to say her name. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, true. <laughs> Just that was like ten years ago, right? Uh, I still don't know. Like <laughs> Adele Dazeem. Wait, what has Tay Diggs been in? I well, I Tay, know who Tay, Tay Diggs, Diggs in the nineties after Rent. Like okay, how Stella Rent. got her groove well, back? Come yeah, on, I mean, he was a, he okay, was a huge okay. sex symbol back then. So like he um he having him and Rosario Dawson, who in the early two thousands was like pretty popular. I guess I okay. I guess maybe I retract my statement a little bit. There is like some star power. In that movie, minor, right? Like, there's like, yeah. no, there's no A-listers. It's not like, oh, we got to get like Tom Hanks in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't pay my rent. Well. You got Sarah Silverman. That's like the worst you got first. Sarah I could Silverman. <laughs> can't pay my Sarah rent. Silverman. Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Sarah. I don't know why. I think I just listed like the worst possible person you could have mentioned as an example to be in Rent. Jimmy Dugan from A League of Their Own in Rent. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyways, uh, you got um, – yeah, I guess Tay Diggs in a few things. Uh, or you know who else? Um, I mean this is – I can't remember her name. But the one – the actress who plays Joanna uh, or Joanne. Uh, I reckon she was in – she had some parts after this. I think she was in like Devil Wears Prada. I see her in stuff. Right? She's in some things here and there. But um, again, like you know, got to a movie just for her. But again, like, I, I like the cast. Uh, and, you know, I wish I, I, I wish this movie was more successful just because who knows what it would have done for all of their careers. Yeah. yeah but you're, this movie is banking on the love, your, the love that you have for Rent. Right. To go to put your butt in the seat. And I think at the end of the day, most people probably do what I do and watch or listen to the songs that they want to. Right. From this movie. That's why I, I say mean, it's that, like a concert. Like, it's like an album, you know? It's like you can listen to it and rock out to it. And I you know there you might know the context to it, might make it more effective for you if you if you do really like the show. But if not, like, you know, there's some I, I was humming some songs afterwards. I think, you know, there there's definitely some uh catchy uh, songs in in the show i think the only song i maybe don't really like is the title song rent i think that's like the only thing that i didn't find to be very catchy rent 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 uh well i'm still confused about uh and i maybe i need someone to explain this to me did angel kill that dog she he yeah, angel killed that yeah, dog. Yeah, like what he, she alluded to. He's singing about like yeah, he's singing like I killed my neighbor's dog. Yep. And okay, I, and everyone's just like yeah. There's actually a everyone's, joke. There's a joke in the stage version where Benny because it's Benny's dog and Benny even says like I never liked that oh. dog. <laughs> it's like what that doesn't make it okay. 
Uh, it's fine. That okay. dog sucked. So no one can, I mean, yeah, no one can defend that. Like, whenever I say, like, oh, yeah, Benny killed the dog, and we're all singing about it. Or not Benny, uh, Angel. It was my lucky day today on Avenue A When a lady in a limousine drove my way She said, darling, be a dear haven't slept in a year. I need your help to make my neighbor's yappy dog disappear. This Akita, Epita, just won't shut up. I believe if you play non-stop, that pup will breathe its very last high-strung breath. I'm certain that cur will bark itself to death. Andy, why don't you like the play? It just doesn't, it, it doesn't jive with me. Um, I'm not really into the music. It's not my type of uh, musical uh, in that regard, and I, um, eh, I'm just like I'm not a huge fan of the characters, honestly. Like I don't really. I got you. I, I think that I think that they're interesting, but I feel like they. I, I feel like overall how they're written and the play overall is written. I would say that it's a little uh, all over the place for me, and I feel like I, I don't really have a lot to be emotionally invested in. So that's and like some people they prefer like that type of musical that is kind of just it has like a thin plot that's being thread through the entire thing to like string the songs together um yeah but i i I need some emotional investment in the plot and that i think that's why i tend to prefer um more classically driven stuff because or or i mean just anything that has like a stronger plot in a musical yeah like, i mean try know. try try catching it's on youtube you know if you get a chance to like watch some of it not the whole thing if you don't want to but try try just giving it a shot just to give you a sense of like you know how it's probably probably more effective to see it on stage <laughs> yeah because i've seen but, community theater productions of it and i think i don't know if that's okay. influenced my opinion a little bit i'm not trying to maybe shit on community theater i've i've done plenty of community theater and those you know it, anyone who gets on stage is is a winner in my book it takes a lot of balls but I, there have been some miscalculations in that world. So I, I would say that, <laughs> you know, maybe that influenced my decision a little bit. Um, I think maybe also just the, the hype going the other way, I think is usually a deterrent for a lot of people because, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, if you don't get it, then the more people who say, why don't you love it? It kind of turns you yeah, I'm a, more. I'm a, I'm a, I have a problem with that and I'm trying to remedy it because I, I have this thing where if something is even a little bit hyped up i'll almost just like not watch it out of spite <laughs> because i'm tired of people Yo, i'm tired of being asked more than I twice i do that too and I, I call that i mentioned this before in a different episode but i call that like the uh the english patient effect you know remember in Seinfeld? Yeah, like, ju- the more just people watch that yes <laughs> the more people are bothered by elaine not liking the english patient the more she hates it so i, yeah, I totally and get I, that and i don't think like that ever affects my final opinion of anything i ingest because I know I'm eventually going to watch it. Like I, I didn't watch Parasite for the longest time because people just wouldn't stop bothering me, and I almost did it to like spite them. But I knew that I would like it. Like I, I looked, at, I saw like yeah. the trailers for that movie. I knew about that director, and I was like, all right, I am going to watch it. And it was an excellent movie. Like that never affects my final opinion. I just have issues. <laughs> and then, like some, I get the resistance. I still haven't seen. Uh, I still haven't seen Bo Burnham special for. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> for that same reason, no, because everyone recommends that to me, and I'm just yeah, like, I, was, I know I'll like it. I was slow to just, Squid Games for the same reason. It's like, all right, <laughs> all right, I'll get to it. Fine, and I wind up loving it, of course. Yeah, uh, give me yeah, a break. It's just, <laughs> But you know, I I I'm glad for people who it does resonate with. Like, I think maybe they identify with one or two of the characters. I agree. Not all the characters are like the Maureen character. I find to be very obnoxious. 
But at the same time, I find Angel, if done, if performed properly, I feel like the Angel character can be very compelling. At least alone, that storyline alone could be, um, you know, be enough to win some people over. It could have benefited from a better writer, too. Yeah, yeah. Just no offense take. to this guy, but it could have benefited from a better writer. Uh, yeah, exactly. To to adapt into a better screenplay, and again, just a better director, someone who maybe would have taken more chances and maybe tried to tap into. Um, Again, that kind of underground feel that the because even when they went, I was reading when they went from off Broadway to Broadway, they went to like a derelict theater on Broadway. It was like a rundown Broadway theater. Like they were still kind of tapping into this like starving artist mentality, which I, I you know, I, I dig that, you know, a principle at least. Um, you know, you know, the reason why I picked Rent, uh, I guess, as our like final episode this season was just because, yeah, it does, like, star and end on Christmas Eve. I'm not sure why, like, what the point is for having the narrative start. I guess just it's, like, a year's time, you know. Um, oddly enough, too, uh, the second movie in a row that's a Christmas movie that has gay interracial relationships, you know, those are just the dime a dozen, I guess. You know, it just comes with the territory. I don't know. That was because we talked about the family story. It was a hot thing in oh. 2005. Yeah. That was also 2005. That's right. That was a weird mini trend you had going on there. Uh, but, you know, who knows why. Take me for what I am. So uh, I think, yeah, we can get into our uh, our final thoughts and our, our percentage scores for Rent. So Andy, start us off. What was what would be your percentage score for Rent? My percentage score would be a 42%. Okay, 42. So more in line with the critics there. Keith? Uh, I th- even if you're a fan of the play, and this is not an indictment on the play itself. This is the movie. And I think we went over why we feel the way we feel. Uh, as I said, you're probably going to go back and just watch Seasons of Love or even listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Just Maybe the, a the song or songs. two. I give it a 50. No yeah. Christmas points. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to go a little easy on this movie uh, just because the, I don't know, the, the rent itself has grown on me a little bit. But, um, you know, I think for people out there who really like it, good for them. And you know, uh, <laughs> I think maybe it could be introductory to the show if, you know, like there's, I don't know. Like, yeah. I will knows? say the Phantom of the Opera movie is a hot pile of human shit. But it did introduce me to Phantom of the Opera, which is not a great musical. But I do. I, when I was a kid, I loved the music. Loved it. Right, and yeah. It, it that's, did, a, that's a good point. I still kind of uh, do. Think, I think Fan of the Opera is like, even like, the, it's like the same issues, just high, like more exacerbated. It's like, what's the most obvious way we can make this adaptation with well, no interesting creative choices at all? Well, what is the worst actor that we can cast in the most coveted tenor role in all of <laughs> musical theater? Is a man who sounds like he has gravel running through his throat at all times. Let's cast yeah, right. him. Dude, that Schumacher? 
Yes. Schumacher, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, you would have thought. <laughs> I don't know. So for my percentage, I I don't. I'm feeling generous. It is the holiday time. So. <laughs> sorry i'm not a grinch like some people it's true but uh i will um i don't know i'll give this like a, a 60 percent i don't know why i just landing on that even though i i do think it's i get i'm frustrated with the choices that were made but i don't know that's that's just how i'm feeling oh my so, god i got a squarely minus i'm gonna graduate I put this on Chris Columbus's shoulders. Like this is his. This is 1492 Productions. <laughs> what a well, huge misstep for 1492 Productions. Like 50.6 Productions, because that's what we landed on. 50.6%? 50.6. Okay. Um, yeah, that's about right down the middle there. So uh, it is official on Rent. We are siding with the critics. That is our Christmas gift to the critics. Uh, okay, so yeah, maybe this won't be a Christmas classic per se for anybody. Uh, who knows? But hopefully you guys all watch your favorite Christmas movies during this holiday time. We have one more episode left. We have a bonus episode left for you this season. So look out for that. It's a holiday-themed bonus episode. Uh, but Andy, thanks as always for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. And I uh, hope everyone has a great Merry Holiday season. Thanks a lot. Thank you.